Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? So then join in the conversation with me, Kristen Ace, and me, Green Diva Meg, and our fascinating guests to share the light, the laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen and with Green Diva Meg. Yay. Hey, Kristen. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Um, we want to do a super happy shout out to our sponsor, Smarty Marty of Renarec. Yeah, and don't let the name fool you because mm. those cars are gently used. Yeah, they're you beautiful. Don't actually. even know that they're used. His staff is fabulous. He's got trucks as well and six locations here in northern New Jersey. So if you go to goodvibrationswithkristen.com. You'll see a banner on the site. Please click on that. And please tell Marty that Kristen and Meg sent you. Yeah. Okay. So thank you, Marty. And we have a really, really cool guest today. His name is Michael Green. He is the executive director at the Center for Environmental Health. Um, He does (laughs) some really intense work for Mother Earth and the environment. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Hey, Michael. (laughs) So can you tell our audience just like a little bit about what the Center for Environmental Health does? Sure. Our job is to protect people from toxic chemicals with the intention of preventing disease. Mm. So the way we do that is, and usually this is uh, corporate use of toxic chemicals, the way we do that is we collaborate with the the leading thinkers in the private sector on how to eliminate toxins from the workplace, from consumer products, from our air, from our water, from our food. And sometimes there are other folks in the private sector who aren't that interested in collaborating with us, and sometimes we have to play hard with them. Um, And then also there's a policy component. So government has a role to play in sort of setting the rules of the game so that we can live our lives without worrying about what chemicals are in the sippy cups we buy or what's in the food we're eating or the water we're drinking or the air we're breathing or anything like that. So your vision statement is we work in pursuit of a world in which all people have, work, learn, and play in healthy environments. That is so intense. It's a noble goal, really. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, I'm imagining that you see some pretty um, upsetting things in your work. Statistics, for one. Right. So as you're moving through your life and your mission here to help the earth and help all the people and animals and insects and everybody on the earth, how do you stay, how do you stay centered? How do you stay believing that everything is um, or optimistic? Yeah, optimistic. Yeah, that's a great word, Meg. Thanks. Well, a key piece is to not be attached to the outcome of your effort. Oh my God! How do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! Which 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 is a goal and not um, necessarily achievable. Okay. (laughs) You're with me on that. Yeah, I am. Um, But but. And there's an example that I think about a lot in this, and that's the Dalai Lama. So if you look at the Chinese occupation of Tibet, it's this profound. And and so, and and I have witnessed, you know, personally, I've witnessed the, 
you know, the, I've witnessed nuns being shot by Chinese troops. And, oh, my and gosh. And, but if you look at him, right. he knows far more than me about the, you know, the challenges and the pain and the suffering of his community. Mm-hmm. And he's incredibly, even at his age, he's incredibly uh, uh, hardworking on addressing it but he also is so light in his touch about it. Yeah. So you'll meet people who are like really furious and mad and right and ab- about the occupation and about torture and you know uh, um, all the all the horrible things that are happening. And then you hear him talking about it, and he frankly has a strategy that he's gonna over time they're gonna convert a billion Chinese folks to Buddhism and cultivating kindness, kindness and compassion and. If, if he can, if he can be that, you know, sort of have that much equanimity about such a horrible situation, that's a model for all of us to, yeah. you know, to like, okay, so I'm trying to get the lead out of the toys. And right. Concurrent with that, I don't have to be panicking and freaking out and mad and angry about right. that we're living in a global marketplace where lead has ended up in toys. But and and, and I hear everything that you're saying and. I'm longing to be there with you. Um, because... I'm, longing, I'm longing to be what I just described. <laughs> okay, because I'm thinking, okay, just from, from my perspective in my world, walking down the street and watching people randomly throw garbage everywhere or smashing into trees and, and letting it go, and there was actually somebody in our town who was systematically going through uh, the town ripping major branches off of trees. And I was flipping out of my, I literally flip out of my mind on a regular basis. <laughs> and I think, I don't know how to see that stuff. Um, I certainly, I pick up all the garbage that I see and I, I do my part, but I don't know how to live in that and not be affected to my soul uh, on that. And you see things but, on a mass level. But yet you do, Kristen. You do. You're channeling it here. You know, by what you're doing here and talking about it and finding, always striving. I think Michael's kind of talking a little bit. What I'm hearing is that that having that sort of spiritual path and that, uh, you know, the goal. Right. And then not being disappointed when we are human and we, you know, step off and we, then we just get right back on and keep going. I mean, <laughs> gosh, if the Dalai Lama can do it, come on. <laughs> Dalai Lama that, special. That guy, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he got that I ain't got. <laughs> yeah, well, Gosh. What does he have? No. Hey, can we can we just take like I just want to mention that Michael um has you've you've met the Dalai Lama and you've actually worked with him a bit, right? You you were the gal- Dalai Lama's garbage manners. We yes. talked about this a little bit. That's my claim to fame. I uh That's a pretty I, big claim, I gotta say. It's pretty I, amazing. I um so the uh, the Indian government was very generous with the Tibetan exile community, and they gave the Dalai Lama a big house near, you know, in the in the foothills of the Himalayas, way in the north near Tibet. And then they gave land to the Tibetans in the south. And about half of them went to the south, and they're farmers, and they have a means of taking care of themselves. And about half of them wanted to be near him, so they're all crowded on this little hillside <laughs> in the north. And, and so they had very severe environmental problems, and I had worked for them in the past, and they had very severe environmental problems. And so um, they uh, um, basically hired me for to, to come for a year and 
um, design a solid waste management plan in conjunction mm. with the Tibetan government in exile. Right. And so I, for a year, got to go to Dharma class in the morning and then go to my office, and um, we designed a good plan, which I know is still in operation. Wow. That's a really Great. exciting. Do you consider yourself a Buddhist? Um, I'm a Dharma student. My okay. kids go to Dharma school every week on Sunday mornings. Well, can you tell our listeners what that means? Because there's, sure. there's certainly sure. a few people out there who may not understand that. Sure. So uh, Buddhism doesn't, have, uh, doesn't talk about where we came from. There's no, there's, there's no necessarily like a creation story. So it's not in conflict with uh, um, Western religions, Judaism, Islam, Christianity. And, um, um, and for me, it's just very practical to learn how to... Uh, be aware of when I'm getting angry or mm. when I'm not noticing the beautiful things happening around me. Mm-hmm. And so it's really just about being as aware as I can about what I'm doing and what, what's happening around me. That's about being in the moment then. Right. And mindfulness and mm-hmm. all that. That's right. Exactly. Good okay. stuff. Well, then that, is, that has got to be a way that helps you um, not get attached to the outcome. It definitely helps me. And so, for example, at work every day, I take 15 minutes and just sit quietly just to, just to calm, my, calm my stuff down. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, um, I'm, sure that it, I'm, I'm sure that I'm nicer and warmer and kinder <laughs> af- after that than before. So my guess is people strategically try to schedule meetings with me uh, right afterwards. <laughs> do, they, do, they, do they know? Is it in your schedule? Like, okay, I'm meditating now. Don't bother me. And then they know. Well, I just close. I, I have a whiteboard on my door, and I just say, you know, available in 20 minutes. You know, I, available and they know at, what that means. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they're smart, they've learned what that means. See, yeah. I don't have that luxury because my meditation is at, usually around at midnight before, before I go to bed. So my kids and my husband and Megan and everybody else <laughs> are already asleep. Yeah, <laughs> we're not there to bother you. Well, you have skills I don't have because if I tried to do that, I would just fall asleep. Oh, yeah. I, well, that's why I do it at night because I'm, I'm really an awake night person. Gotcha. If I do, I used to try to do it in the morning because I thought this is a really powerful way to mindfully start my day. And then two hours later, I'd wake up and be like, okay, now I'm late for everything. And I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> so, so I do it at night now. <laughs> but I just, I love. Um, I have another thing that I do. Oh, what? Just, and that is that um, I have a professional mantra. Oh. I, I took a, <clears throat> a, a, a year-long leadership uh, program, and one of the things we did is we were all required to create a professional mantra. And so mine is, and it's not like some kind of you know secret mantra. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, mine is, um, and, and it just stops me. And so right before, like right before this interview, I just sat quietly for a moment. I just said this to myself. And so it's I am love. Mm. So that, that means that my interactions are coming from a place of kindness. Mm. Um, I am joy. Because sometimes, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the moment and be busy right. and serious and Intense, grouchy when yeah. this is fun. It's, you know, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm getting to do a radio interview, which I should, I should notice the fun in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and fun. then um, I am a light. So the Buddha's last words before he died were be a light. Basically, help other people to be aware. Mm. And so that just slows me down when I think that to myself right before I do anything stressful. Well, can I can I borrow that? I was just gonna, <laughs> that's really beautiful. Did you guys did did everyone it's come patent, up with it? It's patented. You got to send me three cents. Each time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. know what? You yeah. can have three sons. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have right? fun with it. 
<laughs> that. Oh my god! Um, did you guys when you did the the um, workshop? Does everyone have a different mantra? Oh yeah, mine was mine was much more woo woo than most people's. You know, these were all these were all you know national leaders in organized labor or nonprofit, right? Or politicians, and um, you know some of them were like you know game on kind of. Yeah, right. Yeah, that would game on would be ready for me to just start ripping people's you know throats out and stuff. <laughs> game on, no, <laughs> you know, like let's go, get into the fight. Well, that's the whole you know the whole corporate meme from twenty years ago, thirty yeah. years ago was all about it. Was, all the analogies were war and uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. and they, well, the woman the woman who's with game on, she's a spectacular. A uh, leader in organized labor, so it's oh, not well, like, that makes sense. Not a corporate though. mentality. She's just like yeah. I can do it, you know. Right? No, no, well, game on's good. Too. But I just it just brought up this. My, you know, my husband used to be big, big wheel in the corporate world, and all of his old stuff, his best stuff, you know, all these big presentations he did for all these executives all over the world. You know, they're all like war analogies. I'm like, right. you gotta get over that, right? Yeah. Well, and he is, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, when my husband first started working in the corporate world, he read The Art of War. Yeah, you know? they all do. It's like, I tried to read it, and I was just like, Ugh, I'm really bored with this. <laughs> I guess I'm not a, really a warrior, even though I sort of am. But, um, yeah, I love that mantra. Maybe maybe Megan and I will will come up with our own personal mantras. Yeah. And we'll talk about that and how that how that works for our lives for like a whole month. And at the end of the month, we'll talk about how our personal mantra helped our lives. I actually have one. Oh, you do? I do. Well, can you well, share it or yeah, no? Yeah, no, I'm happy to, but it's it's shockingly similar. Um, oh. Which is like surprising. Well, Mine great is, minds think alike. I do want to say that. Uh, I am love and I am loved. Oh. And I that's, like all that. I, that's all I say. And I don't know. It probably isn't exactly oh. thorough, but it works. Yeah. I don't have a mantra. I have a prayer. But it's very long, um, so <laughs> because well, it's know, mine. And, and <laughs> you know what this does for me? Do you know what it, I am? Love and I am loved reminds me because I, for me, a lot of times I get insecurity or whatever. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, when I'm nervous about uh, going on camera or whatever I got to do. Right. Um, when I when I do that, I remember that that like it really doesn't matter because I am love and I am loved, and right. the rest of it's crap. Right. The rest of it's all <laughs> ego and. And illusion. Yeah. So, well, I love that. I, now I'm going to come up with a mantra. Yeah, it's your my, turn. Pr- my prayer is long. I say my prayer every yeah. day to my mandala, and I, you know, it's a prayer that I created with, um, for me. Um, but it was more channeled through me. I, I would have never come up with this prayer for myself on right. my own, but um, I definitely channeled it. But this I would like because it's quick. And right. concise, yeah. And you can just say it, and then you're there. Yeah, so. and you just you can you can do it while you're sitting. You know, like I do it. I'm if I'm going to a foundation where I'm about to, you know, convince, try to convince them that they should be funding the Center for Environmental Health. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'm sitting. I'm, I'm sitting in the chair while I'm waiting for the foundation program officer to come out and meet with me. And I'm saying that mantra. It's a yeah. little longer. I didn't give you the whole thing because I was worried about going on too long. But oh um, no. Well, there's one last piece, and that is... I'd like to that hear that. I, I did this... Um, when I was younger, I did something that wasn't really safe, but was very challenging. I, I went by myself by boat down the Ganges from... Whoa! Uh, Varanasi. <laughs> really? Um, and so the, the last piece is, uh, like on the Ganga, I can do anything. That's the last piece. Oh, oh I uh, yeah. love that. 
that. I'm so glad you told us that piece. Yeah, that's a, that's a biggie. And on the ganga. Wow. Because that's that's truly inspiring. Right. So you can you know like you, you identify something that you show that happened in your life that was really hard and you did it successfully and it can inspire you to do the next thing. Right. I did oh, that. That's really I did that beautiful. after my dad died. I went to uh, New Mexico by myself for three really? weeks, and all I did was have the first night hotel and a car, and that's all I had for three weeks planned. You know, the rest of it was right. every day I woke up and I just meditated and said, what's next? Wow. The most amazing journey I've ever had in my life, yeah. including meditating with an Indian in the moonlight in a canyon kind of thing. Yay. You know. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what happens when you when you take those spiritual yeah. meccas almost, like you just go and you have a huge spiritual experience. And you have time with yourself. That's right. And, you know, I don't think about that often, so I think it is a really nice thing to incorporate, especially in those moments for me, like when I might be feeling a little insecure. I am light. I am loved. And, and by the way, I've, been, I've done this really big thing, so the rest of it's just easy after that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I've done, I've done a couple really big things that I've um, – that I think I've, I've done successfully. So I'd have to yeah, think you've about done a lot, but you've got to nail something that's something that really illustri- is illustrative. Well, well, and also that hits you right at your right core. Word. No, I think you were right. Yeah. Illust- that is, il- <laughs> <laughs> none of us can say this word. Yeah. Illustrative of your life, right? Yeah. But yeah. more not of your life, but of your own of personal that, power. That sort right. of empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual warrior, you know, yes. embodiment. There, that's thing. right. Cool. Yeah. I'm liking this. <laughs> <laughs> so here you are. You've, you've got your personal mantra and you have your meditation and you've worked with the Dalai Lama and you are changing the world in terms of um, bringing us back into a place of um, healthy, clean living. Is this... Um, yeah, safety in a dangerous chemical world, right? Yeah, really, because... I would think, does, do, do you ever have times where you're just totally freaked out about all the things that are happening in our world around us? It happens every once in a while. Um, and um, um, then I go home, and my kids, my son wants me to help him build a Lego thing. And, yeah. you know, my daughter shows me the things she drew today, and my wife tells me I'm not all that great. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> you know, Humility. It works every time. It does. It does. Wait, I am Superman. (laughs) I really am. But at home, I still have to take out the garbage. Exactly. I also, I I had um, the very first really um, full-time activism gig I had was as as a volunteer. It was right after I graduated from college. And so this is in the mid-80s. And um, the... In, in the southwest, the Navajo and the Hopi had had a joint-use area. And the, the principal coal company that was there couldn't get both tribes to sign off on letting them mine for the coal and uranium, too. So they oh, yeah. convinced Congress to split up the joint-use area and put all the Navajo on one side and all the Hopi on the other side of the fence. Yep. Um. And, and, and so mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, I was a young punk, and I was very enthusiastic, and I <laughs> cared deeply about it, as, you know, I still do. And, um, and, and we were unable to stop the relocation stuff. You know, and, I actually and, remember that. Sorry, I'll let you carry on, but no I remember that. And I got depressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I 
dropped out of all sort of uh, public interest social justice stuff for a year and a half, two years. Yeah. And then when I came back, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I'm just not freaking out as much as I, as I did then. And I think I just, something happened where I came to some realization that if I'm going to do this kind of work, that means I'm going to be required to be thinking about these kinds of problems. Right. And I'm going to have to have some kind of uh, calm about it or it won't be just it just won't work. Well, and well, I guess... Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Megan. You no, started. I was just thinking about how I guess sometimes we have to play our part mm-hmm. and, like you said, let go of the results and understand that there's a greater fabric at work and we don't really know exactly what, what we believe is right mm-hmm. and righteous and this is the way that has to go. You know, maybe there's just other things at work that we can't see, and you know, we play our part, and we have to move on. It's very Zen Buddhist kind of thing. I can't. It is. I very, can't do it, but I try. Well, I actually, and I agree, and that's the thing that I work at, at the hardest. I think is I don't have any problem meditating. I'm at that place now where I really can just sit down and get right into place, and I know I receive divine messages, all of that, but it's trusting that. I'm doing my part, yeah. and um, when when I'm done doing my part, I won't be here anymore, but that my part matters, whatever that is, and that there is a greater plan happening around me that I am not privy to. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is, for me, the, the most challenging aspect of being on the earth right now. I, I totally feel you on that, that I, there are times where I'm just like, I don't, I'm not able to understand that. I gotta right. just I gotta do what I can do with yeah. my level of knowledge. Yeah. It's like you know a fly. You ever watch a fly try to fly out the window yes. over and over and over? <laughs> yes. He hits his head into the glass. Dude, come he, on! Yeah. That he he or she that little fly is not smart enough to understand the concept of glass right. and that you know the I see the sky out there, but I can't get to it because there's something between me and it that I can't can see through but can't pass through. Right. And oh, in the same way, we have all of these things that in the world that we're smarter than flies, but we're still, you know, animals with limited intelligence. Right. There's just certain things that we can't understand, and we, our lives will be better if we're okay with that. Yes, yes. We are smarter than flies, but not that much. But not I'm going to say. I'm just going to say. I often feel like that fly smashed my head against the glass. See, like, like we do... Green Diva Lynn is such a, she's our wonderful super advocate for, you know, environmental, like she gathers all the, the, the data and the news and the research. Right. And we came up with these, I'd never seen these coal rollers. These are these guys that drive these big diesel trucks and they've actually set them to, to literally pollute. Like, so with black plumes of smoke. What? Oh my God. As, as a means, and they actually have things on their trucks, you know, they're against Obama, they're against everything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just tree-hugging, and like uh, Prius repellent, one truck had. And anyway, there's this whole group of guys that are driving around in these things, literally polluting to say F you to, the, to these environmentalists. They're and they're going thinking, to hell, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those things that made me like so, I don't get outraged that often, even though... Right. I should. I'm learning. You know, I try to keep in this kind of space where, you know, look, there's a lot of stuff. But that just – we all went over the edge during when we yeah. talked about that on the show. Yeah. Because it was like WTF. Right. Like, well, I, I, I can't even believe. Uh, uh, I understand those guys. I understand the coal rollers. Oh, you do? Yes. Here's what my thing's going on, and that is that the world is changing around them, and they 
are uncomfortable with the change that's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they are the extreme edge to the extent where they will retrofit their truck so that they can press a button <laughs> and all this black smoke comes out. So that every time they see a Prius, they pull up on side yeah. and press yeah. the button so that the black smoke comes out. <laughs> and what they're really trying to do is they're trying to... to uh, they're trying it's their effort to deal with the fact that the world yeah. is changing yeah no it definitely yes. comes from fear everything I, I, like that is fear that's right know. and i will tell you even a teeny tiny example of that in my own town there was a guy backing up his truck into the trees just backing his truck right up into the core of the trees and um i went over and said to him hey do you, do you think you could just and i was so sweet and nice and you know me cutie cutie me and i was like could you just move up your truck just a foot if you see over here there's all this room in front of you and you've got lots of room and he said why am i in your way now i'm obviously not in a car i'm walking and i said no but let me just show you and i showed him what he was doing he was you know but he was killing the trees and i showed him and i said you know so even just a foot because then you know you're not backing up into the bark which is now splintered which you know brings disease into there and i explained it all and he was like oh yeah sure sure and i was like oh my gosh thank you so much and i skipped away happy happy and And for the next three weeks he literally every day moved his truck as far up the bark of that tree that he could get his his like f you yeah Yeah. and i cried in my house every day and finally i went out and i took a picture the way i um couched it to my government is this is destruction of town property. It's really what it comes down to. I mean, I, I know the reason why I'm doing it is because I care about the trees and I love these trees and I love these, these bushes and, yeah. um, and I love them because they are from the earth. But it, it, in order for this to change, I have to put it in a way that makes sense to everybody else, which right. is destruction of town property right. and hundreds of thousands of dollars Economic, taxpayer, yeah. taxpayer money. I understand but, economics. But he was definitely doing that, like, purposefully. And it, I was just blown away by that. Oh, seriously. So, um... People do crazy stuff. Yeah, when they're afraid. And and the, the reality is, is I think this person was afraid um, of, of the changes that are actually happening within my town, which are very environmentally... Right. Um, Uber consciousness is starting to happen. So, so there's this guy Jerry Jampowski, and oh, yeah. his and his whole idea is that there are only two motiv- motivating emotions yep. in in life. One is love, and the other is fear. Yep. Oh, and that what? everything that you do is a result of one of those two feelings. I remember that I, guy from like the 80s, and he wrote a book like uh, what, what? Love is letting go. Of Thank fear. you. Yes. What is it called? Love is letting go of fear. Yep. Right, you know, I'm. I agree with him. Um, so, how long do you think before we all just let go of that fear and just really sit in the love? Hmm. I don't I think know. It's a journey, and I don't think there's a destination. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I think we are meant to experience that here, so that we can somehow it helps our. This is how I sleep at night. I'm just. I, I have no idea for real, but. I am going to say how I sleep at night is I know that this is a journey for my soul. It is not uh, the be-all and end-all of my divine experience. And every incarnation I have here, every person I meet, like you, Michael, who is inspiring and incredible and and powerful and helping the earth, 
um, Megan, who is my incredible producer and friend and co-host, every person in my life helps my soul move that much closer to love. Ooh, well, there's always that opportunity with every interaction, right? That's right. I don't always succeed, but I I definitely believe that that is truth. Profound, I might add. Yeah. I think um, with that... Every interaction is is an opportunity to come closer to love. Yes. That's sort of what that's a good good way to put it, yeah. Everything is is an opportunity to... You have to decide, is it going to be fear or is it going to be love? But when it's clear that there are only two choices you can make. People think that there are all different ways of why they are responding or reacting, when in reality it is a fact. It's either from love or from fear. Wow, that's a good place to wrap it up, my friend. Oh, okay. Well, Michael, this has been so interesting and exciting, and I'm I'm so excited to follow you and and just know everything that you're doing and i just say from myself i i profoundly thank you for the great work that you do on this earth thank you yeah so flattering so flattering thank Aww. you well, i really feel that hopefully way. we'll get to talk again soon yeah i would love that I would like that me too thank you for coming on michael all right all right and thank you everybody in gbk land um we are we it was a wonderful conversation with Michael and please follow him. You will have all of information about him and how to reach him and see what he's doing on my blog, on Green Divas. It's going to be everywhere. Mm. So um, we're going to say goodbye. Bye-bye. I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring and to raise your vibration even higher visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristin.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.